in today's global economy, quality matters. Benjamin Franklin once quipped, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Quality Matters is here to talk about all things quality. So whether you're looking to improve your business, getting ready for an audit, or dealing with failed inspections, tune in, check us out, then get back to doing work that matters. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Quality Matters brought to you by Texas Quality Assurance, where quality management gets simplified. Kyle Chambers, and today I'm kind of flipping the tables a little bit. So uh, years back when we were first getting our podcast started, uh, we were blessed to be on a podcast with uh, Justin back when he was with OGGN. And so we're kind of turning the tables a little bit and bringing him back in here today. Um, so he's got some new projects started. And really, I think this is going to be a, a, a fantastic uh, conversation, kind of talking about, you know, realistic life um, as an entrepreneur, starting new projects, handling dynamics of family and business. And we know all of these things get tied in so tightly with how we operate and manage our business and all of these things inevitably get brought in into those internal and external issues that we have to look at with our management systems. So with that, welcome to the podcast, Justin. Hey, thanks, Kyle, man. Appreciate, hey. uh, appreciate the invite. And we finally made it happen amongst all the crazy. That's uh, <laughs> this crazy, is, uh, but, We, we tried it a few times and it finally got it to work out. Hey, you, you know what? But I mean, as a podcast host, I understand it's you got to work around everyone's schedules, including your own. And so, uh, yep. but no, I appreciate you being flexible and, and certainly appreciate coming on. And I feel like yeah. uh, you've got a Hollywood style production here, um, <laughs> but like unlike mine. But uh, I no, love it's, the it's, view, though, man. I got to admit, that's pretty nice. I uh, appreciate it. Yeah, we're in the energy corridor here and I'm uh, yeah, we just moved offices. And so, um, yeah, my employer here has done a great job of setting us up with a nice little view, and yeah, cool. it's all good. Well, I uh, always hate when the uh, the host gives this very long and somewhat dry and overly formal introduction of the guest. So, yeah, just kind of tell me a little bit about yourself. You got kind of you know pretty interesting background, and uh, I we got a lot of commonalities going on, I guess, in uh, how, how we approach our, our business and family life. So, so yeah. fill us in real quick. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll start us off, start myself off here. Um, you know, I was born to a, a sing, you know, basically essentially a single mother uh, in Calgary, Alberta. Uh, when we were, when I was five, her and I moved out to British Columbia. I was raised in British Columbia. Um, you know, I had a stepdad that rolled into my life, which was great. Uh, and then when I was 18 years old, had no idea what I wanted to do. Uh, school, uh, the only reason I went to school is to be able to play sports and, and party and, and hang out with uh, friends and, and girls, obviously. So, I uh, didn't want to go back to school, uh, elected to go work drilling rigs is at the time, uh, a person, you know, a guy like myself coming out of high school could go make $75,000 a year oh, with yeah. essentially no education, um, or no formal education. Right. Uh, you know, and, and so, uh, you know, I, I knew I had the North star at that point in my life was to make money. Um, <laughs> I had done a good job making money throughout high school, doing random things. Um, you know, just, uh, you know, <laughs> without getting into the details, but, but you always kind of had that hustle and sort of flip game mentality. Um, so I knew you wanted to make money. So I went and worked drilling rigs and then, uh, a few years out in the field, I realized this, you know, I was, I was so used to just being around friends and family and, and, and I was very much into like a, the social aspect of life 
And while it was amazing having that experience on a drilling rig, uh, I knew that with my goals and aspirations from a career perspective that um, it was highly recommended I go back to school. So I moved from Vernon, British Columbia, back to Calgary mm -hmm. and um, started, you know, did my petroleum engineering technology at SAIT, which is a, 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 a tech school in Calgary, yeah. graduated there, uh, got onto the drilling fluid side of things in 2009. Uh, in 2010, got moved to Pennsylvania when the Marcellus Shale kicked off, which is an amazing experience. Uh, and, and talk about having to tell your story um, from like from an oil and gas side of things, yeah. moving into an area when they didn't have much oil and gas influence. I mean, ironically, because oil and gas has like some pretty deep roots yep. in that part of the country from way back in the day. I think one of the first oil wells was drilled in Pennsylvania, if I remember correctly. But anyway, going in there as a, a Canadian, uh, you know, <laughs> oil and gas are like you, you do fracking, you're, you're ruining the water, and then of course right. gas land or whatever that biography came out, and so everyone thought that I was there to to just light up everyone's water and kill, you know, damage and destruction. Right. Um, but then, you know, over time, you know, you're, you, you educate folks and they understand like, Oh, you're, yep. you know, spending money in our establishment when uh, you know, you're the only one who's walked in here today. Well, thank you for your business. Like, well, right. thank you for having a bunch of natural gas sitting underneath you because that's why I'm here. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. Moved from there to Texas, from Texas to Denver back here. And so I've Jeez, been in, in the, the upstream All over the place. Yeah. Bounce around a little bit. Um, you know, but that's one of the benefits of oil and gas is it gives you opportunities to travel and work mm -hmm. with, you know, in amazing places um, with amazing people. And so, yeah, so I've been in, you know, essentially in oil and gas since 2004, um, you know, and, and during that time, um, you know, got married, have two kids and yeah, it's just all sorts of business and family and sort of everything in between. And that's, yeah, that's basically it. And so right now I spend most of my time, um, you know, doing business development and sales for a drilling fluids company, uh, along with uh, a podcast that, uh, you know, I've been in the podcasting space for a yep. few years, recently decided to go off on my own and, um, which was, which has been a great experience. And so, yeah, that's kind of what takes us to today. Well, so go ahead and tell us a little bit about the, uh, the new podcast you got. Hopefully we can send a few folks over, uh, over there to check it out. Yeah. So the, the vision with the podcast is to, to essentially be the voice of energy and to collectively, you know, bring people together to have macro level discussions on what mm -hmm. it takes to power the world. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so sick and tired of this us against them mentality. And by us, I mean, oil and gas <laughs> uh -huh. versus them. And, yeah. and while I, I deeply understand the importance of like what it takes to build on humanity and everything is built on the backbone of oil and gas. However, mm -hmm. um, you know, there's opportunity for, for all of it to, to play a part in the energy mix. And so what I wanted to do is, is to kind of shift the focus from talking about strictly oil and gas to talking about oil in, or sort of energy on a macro level and then bring energy thought leaders to come in, give their perspective um, from people who are in the industry who understand what it takes to not only provide, you know, affordable, reliable and abundant energy to the U.S., but like what does it truly take to bring energy to places like Africa, mm -hmm. bring to, to, to emerging economies. And I haven't had people specifically talk about that, like very getting granular, but the conversations have been mostly like, Hey, we understand the importance of all of it. And so like, how can we come together and leverage each other and our yep. technologies, our business, um, our experience to, yep. to, 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 to accomplish the goal of the North star being getting everyone in the entire planet 
out of energy poverty. Cause right now yep. there's like 800 million people on this planet that don't have access to clean water. I know there's people in, in places like Africa who don't even have cement in their houses and hospitals to be able to like properly, you know, like, you know, deliver babies to, yeah. to nourish their families, to yeah. educate their people because they, they only have sunlight to deal with. And then once it's dark, they, they don't have enough light to maybe do homework. Like yeah. shit like that is like, if you think about humanity and like, like that kind of this in, in that kind of context, it's like, they're not worried necessarily about like climate. They're, they're trying to essentially create an environment that is safe and that's clean mm -hmm. to be able mm -hmm. to raise their families. Like that yep. to me is like, how do we give those people access to energy? And it should be by any means necessary. You know I what I mean? And so, so those are the conversations that I'm that's really cool. trying to have and not play this tug of war and this mm -hmm. political football bullshit because it's it's clear it's it's very inhumane if you ask me no i agree and i don't i think if we could ever sit down with folks and have a true honest conversation and get all the uh, uh you know uh, battlefield mentality on the way i think we'd all agree if, if we could raise the rest of the world to a a, a similar type standard of living which isn't going to come i i'm not saying money it's not a part of it but i think you're hitting the nail on the head is that it's access to energy that it really isn't energy poverty i mean imagine imagine how quickly our american economy would tank if suddenly the uh plug were pulled and all of our energy resources were drained just right. imagine how quickly we'd tank so no i i totally totally agree yeah um, and, and i think it really comes down to educating um, and, and, you know, just having conversations and giving enough like quality information and delivering it in a kind enough way to where people mm -hmm. will at least listen yep. and not draw conclusions based off of a lot of what they see in the media. So, um, again, the, the intent is to educate, inform, and just to have good constructive conversation, yep. uh, not destructive conversation. And you know, that's, that's always, always a tough one. Always, always a tough one. But I'm going to try, I'm going to give her hell. You know what I mean? Like, I can't boil the ocean, but I'm going to give her hell, man. <laughs> well, good. Well, good. Hey, well, yeah. where can folks go to find your podcast? Because I think this is really cool stuff to uh, to uh, listen to. Yeah, no, really. I'm humbled that you gave me the opportunity to, to plug it. Um, I mean, you can follow it on Spotify, iTunes, any any podcast platform. It's called Wicked Energy with JG. Um, if those who aren't connected with me on LinkedIn, uh, you know, if you, if you connect with me on LinkedIn, I post every week, uh, and I'll, you know, I'll typically plug it quite often. And so, yeah, cool. it, it shouldn't be too hard to find. There's not too many, uh, wicked energies out there. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, if, if, you know, if you listen to it and, and if for those out there who do listen, I'm like deeply appreciative of that. Um, and again, the well, intent is just to educate and, and, and have people tune in and, and hopefully ask questions. Like, I think yeah. it's, you know, that type of stuff is good. Well, you've got, you know, obviously the years in the uh, oil and gas world. And this is one thing that I've just really, really been harping on for the past, uh, really over a year. But with COVID, you didn't get a chance to talk to folks till just a few months ago. But uh, <laughs> is I don't think folks realize how much of the oil and gas and energy world is dominated by small business. We always think about the majors and super majors. And we think about the, you know, the big engineering firms. You got, you know, Baker Hughes and, and all these others in here, right? And I'm not saying they don't play a part, but the manpower is so often our small business. And yeah. the majority of Americans and really worldwide majority of folks work for small business. And so this is one of the reasons why I love the oil and gas industry so much, because it really is from a manpower status is dominated 
by our neighbors down the street. You know, it, yeah. it's the guy your 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 kids are going to school with. That that's that's who this is. So yeah, I think it's really cool. But yeah. uh, so let me kind of change gears here a little bit. So obviously, I worked with my wife uh, for a while. So she she ran a, a quilting business from home for years, but she's actually getting started back up next month. Actually, Great. right across the hall from where I'm at. But well, then she big came congrats. In Thank yeah. you. No, that's, I love it. That's great. And, and what I'm going to say is, is I hope that she values the platforms like LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, because for her doing that, oh, she yeah. needs to capture underpriced attention. So I, I, you know, push her to <laughs> take pictures, videos, document oh, yeah. it. Um, man, that's just, that part of it is, is so important and people don't yeah. leverage social media enough. And for her yeah. as a small business getting started, yeah, document every second of it and put that <laughs> stuff on social media, man. I promise you it's going to pay I, off. I've been trying to tell her she, she gets real nervous about being on the, uh, on the camera, but I think I got her over that a little bit when she was on the podcast for a while. Yeah. So we tell we, her we, to lean, lean into the fear. It's the only way. <laughs> We've been gently trying to give her, uh, give her the boot for a while. And so she's, you know, she's finally mostly separated from, uh, from the business, but you know, cool. it's good. She's getting something started, but, uh, you've got kind of a somewhat similar type situation. So I think this is interesting dynamic that a lot of people don't, uh, really think about is when you're off doing an entrepreneurial thing, we always think about the entrepreneur is, you know, the guy out there doing the work, but mm. you've had a lot of, uh, a lot of support from, uh, from your family and, and you're supporting your wife and a lot of, uh, her ventures right now. So just kind of like say flipping the tables on the podcast a little bit, maybe getting a little more, more personal about things. So tell okay. me what it's like from your experience working with, uh, man managing a family, managing business, managing career and, and everything in between. Yeah. And, and I want to, I want to definitely preface by saying I'm not like the, the, uh, an entrepreneur in the traditional sense. Like I didn't, you know, like remortgage my house and, and, you know, put everything I have into a, into a company that I'm starting off. Like I've, I continued, I, I am a w, W2 employee. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a, a little side business with the podcast, yep. but, but I, you know what I mean? Cause sometimes when you hear entrepreneur, you think of those guys, yeah, sleeping in a in one bedroom apartment, six guys starting a, a, yep. a, a tech business, right? Like, yep. That was that is not me. By entrepreneur yep. means like I I'm part mm -hmm. owner in a in a small gym, yep. um you know I've got the podcast so I don't want people to be like well this guy's talking about you know working for for a company and he's not he's yep. not an entrepreneur so because yeah I know well, how that's the internet I gets. To bring it up is because that is a misconception that so many folks have is right. that it is you know you, you watch these movies about like Steve Jobs and like okay yeah that stuff happens yeah. but not always um uh, right. you know so. Uh, but, it's, so just, anyway, it's very different when you get that family dynamic in involved into into things. Right. No. And, and I, I was certainly going to get to that answer, but I want it because for those who don't know me, I just want to like, man, who's this guy? Sure, uh, sure, sure. But 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 yeah. So but my wife on the flip side. Yeah, she um, so she was in oil and gas ever since college. She was she was on the accounting side with uh, she's got a finance degree. Um, but anyway, so we had kids, she elected to stay home with them, mm -hmm. uh, for quite a few years. And then it was during COVID. She was like, you know, she went to a phase where I think a lot of mothers go through. It's like, who am I and, and what do mm -hmm. I want to do post motherhood? And some 
they live and and they focus the rest of their entire lives on being a mother and then that grandmother yep. totally cool right like Absolutely. whatever works but my yep. wife was like i i just i want to get back into career mode i want to get mm -hmm. back into business mode mm -hmm. um she wanted to contribute to the family in 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 in, in, a, in a in an additional way mm -hmm. aside from just being a, a mother and being a mama you know is is the toughest job on the face of the earth and so um by no means am i taking any way anything away from those who, who stay at home and focus on being a mother because that to me is, is just that is you know doing god's work right so Amen. um but but she just she was like you know i just don't want to get back into it and so she was going to go actually into the medical field she was she applied at a few med oh. schools um and because she always wanted to she had she had a passion for helping kids and she's like well maybe i want to do like speech language pathology or something along those lines um but it just in her gut and, and, and I kind of leaned into my intuition. I said, you would do absolutely amazing at anything you put your mind to because you always have. But I was like, I just don't know if the medical industry is is where like your path is supposed to go. And I said, I don't know what it is. So anyway, <laughs> through, through like countless nights of talking and her <laughs> yep. getting frustrated, like what the hell am I going to do? Yep. Um, you know, the conversation led to like, hey, let's let's get into real estate or let like, well, I say let's. Why don't you yeah. consider going to real estate? You're always on Zillow. You're always looking at, yep. and we, we bought and, and sold several homes. Yep. And then like it, during, during COVID, uh, we actually bought some property in the third ward mm -hmm. um, as kind of an investment opportunity and just kind of seeing the potential that it had. So we had kind of jumped into like, Hey, let's, let's buy some land and you know, mm -hmm. maybe we'll build a nice little duplex on there in, in, in that area <laughs> and something. And so, Long story short, well, I kind of already gave the context to it, but she was like, okay, well, I'm going to get my real estate license. And then mm -hmm. she she was going to do that, but then she got invited to some seminar. And so fast forward, you know, a few months, she ended up realizing like, hey, I want to get into commercial real estate on the investment side because hmm. I I can underwrite deals because she's she was she's great with numbers. She's good at accounting. She's got a finance background. So she understands that piece. Um, she's amazing, uh, you know, she's an amazing uh, communicator she's good with people great personality so yep. so she's like so she's like well maybe i can you know raise capital and so she finally yeah. sort of like packaged it all together and she's like you know and then the kind of the the contributing to like the societal piece is she really initially set out and she still has this vision of like helping create uh good safe environments for people from a housing perspective and by that i mean like going into an area and we, and we had bought a or I say we, she bought, uh, <laughs> she bought a place up in acres homes. Um, uh -huh. that was, you know, for, for a good price. So she fixed it up and now she's you know, renting it at a, at a good rate, um, for people. And like when she was looking around at different houses, she saw, and it, for her, it was devastating. Like she would go look at some houses that there was a full family living in there. They didn't have heat. They didn't have air conditioning. Uh -huh. Um, they were heating their house with their stove. There was holes in the floors and there was kids, playing and who obviously didn't know any better but she's like yeah it was heartbreaking for her and it's hard yep. to disconnect emotion from business but she's like i just want to be able to like help families and and perhaps single mothers so so she kind of has this this sort of Very cool passion for for folks that live in those types of environments like if if i can invest as an investor and not push people out because yep. you know there's there's a whole thing where you know you look at some areas and and uh, they'll come in, investors will come in, drive the pricing out. So then you're kind of pushing people out. Yep. 
she wants solving anyone's uh, direct problems. Yeah. So again, like I don't want to make this podcast about real estate, but anyway, th these are some no, of the things yeah. that like kind of led her into doing what she's doing, and now she's absolutely crushing it. And one thing too is what she's done is she's like doubled down on uh, content creation and social. So what she hmm. does is she's used LinkedIn as a way to educate her audience, yep. and it's actually helped build her business and helped scale her business massively. And by that, because she's connected with people, most of the capital she raises um comes from people on linkedin that have followed her mm -hmm. and who will connect with her and say hey like i love what you're doing i see you're a syndicator you're looking for capital like i'm at a point in my career where i've got some dry powder on the sidelines yep. what does that look like because there's a lot of people out there who, who want to get into real estate but in their mind they're like oh i want to buy homes and flip them but that is like right. so active but yeah. as a passive investor in real estate yeah you can make that mailbox money but it's just you have to find the right deals with the right mm -hmm. people because there's mm -hmm. a lot of shady stuff that happens in that world. And so she, that's what she's doing right now. Um, she does, she has a coaching program too. Um, but yeah, like since 2020, like the amount of like assets under management that she's been able to accumulate and the deals that she's done is just like absolutely really cool. mind blowing. And so <laughs> I'm supporting really that cool. obviously. Yeah. 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 So that's what she does. Um, and her, her so how do y'all balance the mix between, you know, obviously the, um, the regular job, I say regular job, W2 job doing the business sure. development, running the podcast, helping with that, managing the kids. Like these are things that a lot of folks really, really struggle with. So no, how, how do y'all manage to, to not go insane? Uh, I think it comes down to one thing is communicating and, and being vulnerable and, and, and not being scared to say, this is how I feel. How do we make this work? And, and really just staying in tune with each other, making sure we spend at least an hour or two a day at the end of the day, like talking, um, yeah. not being on our phones, which nah, right. it's hard not to, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's having the humility and just being extremely transparent and honest and, and communicating with, uh, you know, and, and that really all is all what it comes down to. And it's like, I do everything like in, in being extremely selfless. Right. But you do have to be, a, you have to have a degree of selfishness to be selfless, right? Like you can't pour yes. from an empty cup. So yes. I understand where there's certain times that she needs and yep. really just having that good intuition on how she's feeling. Um, mm -hmm. some of the stuff that she goes, like, she'll, she'll give me a rundown on her entire day. Like not a day goes by where I don't, like at least get the rundown on where she was and who she was uh -huh. dealing with and not because it's like well, what were you doing it's just like she's <laughs> fired up about yeah. her day i'm like hey how was your day yeah any cool meetings like any anything in developing what can i help you with like right now we're looking at some short-term rental properties in galveston i'm like hey don't do everything yourself like what can yeah. i help you with and then yep. at night i'll be like hey what does your agenda look like tomorrow do you need me to pick up the kids like yep. we're, we're constantly like just like there's so many touch points every yep. day all day like you know and and so she's she's my business partner she's my best friend and we just work well together now could i could i go into business with her like like formally that would be <laughs> tough the way we yeah. make decisions is way different so yeah. <laughs> i can be her i can be her right hand man yep. but to work for her may not work you know what i mean yeah. so we've we've and we've been together since we were teenagers so like i yeah. i understand her when when she looks different uh -huh. I know why, and I can I can try and normally get I I, I can help the situation, yep. um, but it's just knowing your spouse and and yeah. what they're going through and and making sure that they're comfortable with like sharing 
their emotions and same thing with me. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? And so it just, it's, it's ultimately comes down to communication. Yeah, no, I, I totally, totally agree. And like I say, this is kind of a big part of one, I want to have you on the podcast here. Cause I, I know that you've got that, uh, very much family, uh, center type mind, uh, very, very mission focused type person. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I uh, w- we struggle sometimes, uh, with, with my business text quality assurance, cause we love working with the small guys, right? We love working with the small businesses. You give me a machine shop with a single owner and five employees and man, I'm having a field day working with them. Yeah. But the difficulty we run into, and we have to have this conversation because we're all very, um, uh, very well-intended, uh, faithful type folks. And mm-hmm. so when we're looking at them, like, guys, we, we, it's, it's hard sometimes to, uh, I don't know the right way to word this flirt with the line between running a business or, doing a charity and it's like no this is my this is the mission to to do this to help these small business owners to help folks yeah. out which one i'm loving talking to you here because i think probably three quarters of my customers have the same type dilemmas and issues they deal with on a regular basis and it's like so how do you run the mission that you're going after but at the same time still run a profitable effective business and it's it's just something that that you have to uh have to battle with and i think that's one of the reasons that uh you know me as well i'm I'm so grateful that i've got my wife on the sidelines to talk to because you know my head will start going off this one way or i'll start going that way and it's just kind of good to have a way to recenter yourself back yeah no i I think a lot of it too kyle and i think a it's not being so hard on yourself like in the macro understanding where you want to be but in the micro understand that there's no balance in the micro right and so yeah, I like, like and so being patient and and, and 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 not and patience isn't necessarily being lazy but it's understanding that like castles and, and nowadays it's like people want to build a business they want to evaluate it and they want to flip it well that yeah. that's we're in this like weird phase of, of life and entrepreneurship where that's what it is but businesses take decades to build to a point mm-hmm. where like now it's at where I where I was envisioning it. And that's like my yep. wife, my wife's worked for almost three years and hasn't hasn't drawn a paycheck. Yeah, but like we understand that, like, you have to be patient and let things play out. Yep. And and then B is not being so damn hard on yourself because everyone else is going to is going to is, is going to call you out and judge you. You don't have to judge yourself. So like <laughs> there's days where I feel there's days where I feel like, holy shit, like I haven't been like connecting with my my and, and grant like when I when I was talking earlier like this is th- this is not like a seven days a week three you know seven days a week 365 days a year like th- I'm looking at things in the macro like over the last mm-hmm. six months has the have, have we been able to do this and when you yep. kind of like expand those time horizons yep. it gives you a better perspective because it you know it's like p- so many people are so hard on themselves and I talk about with this or with people with, within my company is it's like when you're in sales, it's like you want to do everything you can for the customer. Oh, there's an event I got to go do. Oh, there's a networking event yep. I got to go do. Oh, there's a golf tournament I have to go there. Um, oh, customers want to do dinner. And the next thing you know, it's like, holy shit, like I haven't been home with my wife uh-huh. and this, that, and the other. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, like there's going to be times where you're going to be way lean balance one way, way lean balance the other. Uh-huh. But like over the course of like a year, like what does that look like? Yeah. And don't be so damn hard on yourself. And as yep. long as the intent is is there um and you understand like where you're really trying to to get to and and, and there's the you know if if the goals and the visions align amongst you and your wife like ultimately the decisions and things that are are being implemented to get there yep it's all going to slowly start getting to that point but it's if she wants this and you want that and and it's like uh-huh. well, you know, 
know, why are you making those decisions? Like, aren't yep. we supposed to be going over here and yep. vice versa? And so, I mean, my wife and I, you know, we talk about goals and, and, and where we want to be in five years, 10 years, what retirement looks like, what yep. we want to do with our grandkids. But ultimately yep. that helps keep us on the same path, mm-hmm. even though I'm zigzagging over here, she's zigzagging <laughs> over there. But at night when we come together, yep. did we work towards our goals today? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right on. Then we're on the yep. right path. Yep. 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 Nope. Amen. So how, uh, how long did it take to kind of find that rhythm? Cause working in the, uh, the oil industry, especially if you're out in the oil fields, that's not a very family, uh, centered type, uh, environment. And I know sales definitely isn't sales can drive you absolutely nutty. I, I have had to learn this firsthand over uh, the last year because, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I swore when I started in the business, swore I would never be the sales guy. Well, God's got a funny sense of humor. Right. No, it does. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, you, you, you've got a plan until you punch the mouth with it. Uh, so so I guess there's, there's a couple of pieces there. My wife and I, we got together around we were we were teenagers, but never really lived under the same roof until right. we moved down into Texas. So we we basically like had a long distance relationship for like over a decade. <laughs> so what that did is it a it helped build trust, and then yeah. b it helped make sure that we understand how to communicate with each other, um, whether that be text message, whether that be phone calls, whether whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like as long as we're communicating, that's that's the most important thing. Um, and so for us to to. To, to, to ask like how long did it take for you to get into the rhythm well the rhythm was always changing right like we're at a point now where we weren't five years ago five years ago it was completely different um but it, it's it's something that we constantly work on and by no means is it perfect right like yep. i'm not sitting here like <laughs> like I, in canada we say fluffing fluffing your tube like i'm not trying to sit here and fluff my own tube but right i can say this because a we're still married we have a great relationship yep. Um, and all the rest of that comes with it. Right. So it, what we're doing, I feel like somewhat works for us. Yep. Um, but you know, it, it took us, I mean, it's taken us years, like, but like I, you know, I, I've traveled this week was the sixth, sixth week in a row I've traveled. Um, so like, I'm still, you know, we're, I'm still away. Like, you know, I miss my son's soccer practice one yeah. night and it, it just, it killed me, but I understand mm-hmm. that I've been at three out of the four. So it's like, okay, well, it's not right. that bad. Right. Like if right, I right, right. 5%, like I'm fucking doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, but to say like how long it got into the rhythm, that's tough to, to describe just because we've always been slowly working on it. Yep. Um, but like as things adapt, um, or as things kind of evolve or change, it's like we adapt. And, and I guess yep. the met the, the way that we adapt to certain situations is again, we, we communicate and it's like, okay, here's what's coming up. Um, how can we make this work? And, and then at the end of the day too, is a sacrifices, right? Like, mm-hmm. like it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's what you do when you're awake that counts. Right. And, and yeah. so like we spend every minute of our day is, 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 is active with intent, right? It's like, it, all right, is everything we're doing, we're like working towards our goals. Like, does this meet, does this impact our, our ability to move toward closer to the goal no yep. okay then let's not do it um yeah of course we like to have fun and do things because you need to be some you know you need to be healthy mm-hmm. mind body spirit and so yep. you need to have fun um but it's it's just like you know we don't sit down and watch binge watch netflix like we don't and, and not because <laughs> we don't want to but it doesn't support our goals at the time yep. when we're you know retired and, and we can wake up and do what we want when we want hopefully sooner than later then we yeah. can 
do all that stuff. But right. it's not what like is we're really driven to do right now. And so like yeah. we really don't I'd like to say we don't really waste time on doing things that don't support our goals and our missions, you know, for that point in time. No, I mean, I, I, I like it. It's, uh, you know, something when I now I, I jumped off the, the deep end, uh, maybe not all at once, but it took about three years doing little side projects and whatnot. And then and then finally decided, you know what, I'm going to do it. Actually, I was uh, I remember it very clearly. I was I was at work. I was walking between the shops and I was just texting uh, my wife about some problems I was having. Um, and, I, you know, I said something to her about, you know, I wish uh, wish I could just, just go do the business like I'm in, I've been talking about. And, you know, at least problems would be my own problems, not someone else's. Of course, in sure. hindsight, that wasn't <laughs> all that accurate. Yeah. But uh, she was like, well, then then do it. I'm yeah. Like, what? Do it? Like, what? Yeah. You're really saying that? And uh, so, you know, thought on it, prayed on it for, for a couple of months. But, uh, you know, we, we set the date and that was it. And it was jump off the deep end. I wouldn't advise that be the way most folks get a business started. It's it's more uh, it sounds much more fun than it is. Sure. Um, but, but sometimes no, there's no other choice. Right. And you don't know what the alternative is. So yeah. it's like whether or not you made the right decisions irrelevant because you don't it was the right decision at the time because you yep. based your decision off the information and your, and your yep. intuition and your yep. gut feeling. And so that's one thing too, is, is my wife and I talk about time. It's like, you, you cannot look at the rear view mirror, like sure. History can, mm -hmm. can tell you things and you can learn from mistakes, but the, every time you look back in that rear view mirror is time taken away to move forward and look at what's yep. coming. And yep. so it's like, you can't dwell on the decisions <laughs> you made. Like we had a, you know, we had our house and we, we hired a contractor and, and we did a, you know, we, we did the, the Burr method, which, you know, in the real estate world, if people are familiar, but essentially you buy and you renovate and you rent it out and, um, and then you refinance and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, okay. long story short, uh, you know, we got into this house, it needed a ton of work. Contractor says, Oh, it's going to cost you 30 grand. Well, of course it costs us almost, you know, double that. If yeah. Not, I think it was actually ended up being more than double. Yeah. And you know, my wife was just like so hard on her. Like she was like, Oh, you know, this and that now we got to pay more. And I was like, this extra 30, 35 grand in the long scheme of things is not going to matter. So like, don't yeah. beat yourself up on hiring this guy because who knows you made have hired someone that cost $120,000 mm -hmm. or I mean, you just never know. So it's like, nope. you can't, you know what I mean? And so, nope. so she jumped into this kind of head first, didn't really, she knew what she was doing <laughs> to a degree, but she, cause she hadn't done it before. Yeah. But she managed the entire project by herself, dealt with a bunch of contractors. So she was going up there by herself, talking to these guys. And, mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, she learned something and that extra money that she spent, we figured a way to, you know, finance it properly without any issues. And here we are doing yeah. well. So it's like, you can't dwell on those things. And sometimes yep. you just, you do the, you do who the best you can based off the information you have and you just go, you know what I mean? You, and yep. don't look back. <laughs> well, a term we've started using is, uh, cause we, we've had several, uh, ex expensive, uh, you know, mistakes, blunders, all sorts of things we used to call I them. Call I very Cobb, frustrated myself. Let's get things straight. You're paying tuition. That's all you're That's doing. That's what I was about to say. I'm, we started calling it a tuition payment. Oh, well, yeah, there you go. That is. <laughs> you, you beat me to it. So hey, you know, we must I'm, listen to the same people or something. I don't yes, know. yes, yes. So finally quit calling it mistakes. Finally quit getting mad about it. I'm like, well, that was another tuition payment. So Hell yeah. if you don't learn from it, then it's a mistake. Sure. I but, love it. Uh, no, it's, you know, it's kind of been the same thing for us. It's like, um, you know, we sat down uh, over 10 years ago 
And we said, our goal is to get the family out in the country before our oldest starts high school. Cool. And that was our goal. So we bought the 16 acres out in the middle of nowhere, eight miles down a dirt road in March this year. Um, and my Congrats. son started high school um, this, you know, uh, this uh, August. Ah. So, <laughs> so, wow. so we made it happen. But you're talking about setting goals. And sometimes these things take a long time. And while, yeah, we're talking about a lot of personal type issues here, but my gosh, all of these apply in, in business, maybe not in the same type of way with relationships, but the, the value of the communication, the value of being open and honest and transparent, it, it's absolutely huge. And if, if you can't manage that homework, you know, uh, the people call it a homework life balance, but it's, it's, uh, it, it's really more of a kind of how you integrate them into your life, I guess, rather than say balance. But if you can't sure. manage these, one's ultimately going to suffer. And when one suffers, it's not long for the other one catches up with it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But no, we had, we, we'd set the same thing. We, we set these very long-term goals and it took a very long time, but we finally got there. But it, it's not all that different in uh, your business life either. And yeah, I guess, well, congrats, uh, man. That's, so, that's super cool to hear that from, from you. It's, uh, I'm sure no, it's been fun. It's yeah, been a lot no, of fun. That's, that's amazing. I love it. So we, uh, we've got the four horses now and, and, and we, uh, we've been trying to read up on, and, and I'm probably gonna have some folks tell me, Kyle, you're stupid for doing this. I, I don't deny I probably am. Um, but we're going to start trying to ferry our own horses, uh, next what week. What does that mean? Okay. So mean? the horse's hooves get all tore up after a while. And okay. so about every six to eight weeks, you got to have someone come out and trim their hooves and scrape all the extra. Oh, it's like a pedicure for a horse. Yeah. Yeah, but you can okay. lame a horse real easy if you're not careful. And I've seen it done before, oh, um, yeah. but we can't ever find no decent farriers. But, you know, that's <laughs> the type of world she's been in. Like she's been effectively a ranch project manager for the last uh, last six months is wow. uh, from arranging to get the fence done, finding the cows, find the materials, building the barn and all this other fun stuff. But I mean, yeah. it's, it's life. I mean, Dude, it's so do you ride to horses? Oh yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we, for the first time this last weekend, all five of us got on a saddle at the same time and so nice. we just took off down the dirt road. So it's been fun. Dude, that is awesome. <laughs> do you guys jump them? Like, do you do the jumping stuff? Nope. 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 They, uh, my oldest boy is dying to learn to rope. Uh, oh, so yeah, that's a good one. Once football seasons died down a little bit, cause practice five days a week, you ain't got no time for nothing fun, oh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but he, well, he yeah. wants to learn to rope. So, uh, Darcy cool. just this morning sent me something about a, uh, um, a goat roping contest in town here this weekend. So why not <laughs> try it out? <laughs> Who knows? It might be the best thing ever, but no, I mean, I, I like this. Cause again, this is kind of the, the side <laughs> of business that people don't see often is yeah, it's still just another person behind that screen, behind that contract, behind that phone call. It's mm -hmm. we're all just another another person trying to make it through trying to figure things out but yeah, exactly um, and that's the thing you know you, you never know everyone it's like you, you certain sometimes you look at certain individuals in life and it's like oh they must have it figured out but i guarantee you everyone has their their, their problems and their issues and the things that they're stressed about and then some of the most wealthiest and, and and successful people i guess according to like you know society yeah um, how you judge it yeah there's some of the most like sad and pain mm -hmm. uh, more than I've seen ever. And so it's like, yeah. you know, depending, like I, at the end of the day, I think people need to, to, um, to, to 
don't chase wealth or chase things, chase happiness and then try mm -hmm. to like figure out like what happiness means to you. Yep. Because like I've, I've met people who make 60, 70, $80,000 a year or mm -hmm. are far more happy than mm -hmm. the ones making millions of dollars a year. And yep. so it's like, it's everyone's gets a shiny objects and you're like, Oh, everyone's <laughs> jumping off and doing their own side hustle. I must do that. But right. like being a number four or five at a company and, and doing good and making good money and having your vacation and, 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 yeah. and going to your kids softball games. Yep. A lot of times can make you a lot happier than trying to start your own thing. And, and yep. for what? Because yeah. like it's the cool thing to do. Because yeah. back when I was younger, being an entrepreneur, I was embarrassed that my parents had a had a, that we lived that my parents had a family business. Really? And because it was like, oh, they don't have a fancy job. Like they don't work uh -huh. at a fancy company. And so I was embarrassed that someone had, had to go sweep my parents, <laughs> my parents' woodworking floor when I was seven right. years old. But now I look back and my dad, I was like, what a rock star. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So now we, just, cool. we glorify, we glorify it. And so it's like, <laughs> but I grew up in that. And I just yeah. thought it was like, I was kind of like second class citizen because my parents didn't have a fancy ass job. And it was like, right. No, like yeah. but my, my parents happy. Hell yeah, they were. Yeah. So it's like, well, it, that's what it's all about, man. You talking about missing the kids games. I'll, I'll probably stop after this here, but, uh, no worries. you know, that was, uh, the whole business that we have got started because the company I was at and don't get me wrong. It was a great company. They, they, uh, they, they would let you work as much as you wanted to work. And so they give you as much responsibility as you could take for your cried uncle be the only criticism I had, but eh, I get the theory behind it, but I'm a bit of a workaholic. So I was working 80 plus hours a week. And I, uh, that really part of the, the tipping point for me was I'd missed my boys, uh, one of his uh, first little league practices. And I'm like, Oh, I, I can't do this. And mm -hmm. so that was the genesis of me developing the software that eventually, you know, kind of became our business. Um, yeah. but I mean, that's, that's what it's about is if, um, but everyone has to find that value. But like you say, it's, you know, chase, you know, chase what it is that, that makes you happy. Find what, what gives you value. Um, it's, it's different for everyone exactly um but for me it was it just man it made me sick and I, i'm just not gonna miss that stuff if i can avoid it um yeah. but at the same time you can't you know like say so you can't beat yourself up man i missed one out of the four well hey i was here for three out of the four and, and that's doing pretty good still but yeah yeah don't beat yourself up because everyone else does it for you yep yep <laughs> yep but no the uh you know i remember the uh previous company i was at um man it was honestly wasn't till uh till uh years later before I, ma I made the same type of money i was making there and uh, i remember recently uh, this year we were trying to bring someone else into the team and i was talking to him and he finally said kyle they got golden handcuffs on me mm -hmm. i was like what do you mean he's like well i'd love to come work for you 40 hours a week sounds great but uh 80 over here is paying me you know i'm, I'm just tied to those handcuffs so that's something definitely definitely to avoid but yeah. uh no that's any, that's big time any final uh final thoughts here before we finish up man no i kyle's been absolutely amazing um and, and again for everyone out there i think just and again i don't know your audience but uh you know if, if you're interested in sort of energy thought leadership um certainly give it a listen and uh, if yeah. not at the very least connect with me on linkedin cool. and uh if you have any questions or thoughts or want to like chat about anything we talked about today um yeah i'm, I'm open to do so and and again, chase happiness, not money, because um, happiness doesn't come from the purse, I can promise you. Nope, nope, nope. Amen, man. Hey, I appreciate it. Look forward to uh, talking with you again soon, buddy. Awesome. Thanks, Kyle. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Take care. 
hey, thanks for staying with us on uh, this episode today. I know it's a little bit different, but I, I want to try to take a little bit of dive into a more personal touch on things because, you know, especially after everything we've been through, all these workforce instability issues and, you know, everything's going on, we really have to make certain that we focus in on what matters. And that is what the Quality Matters podcast really at heart is about, is focus on what matters to you, save time and energy for what matters the most. And in order to do that, to provide that quality organization, to provide those products and services, to take care of those customers, you know, like, like Justin said, is, you know, you, you can't pour from an empty cup. So make sure that you're doing what it takes to stay filled, to stay energized, and to stay motivated to do what matters most. So guys, thanks for hanging with us, and I hope to hear from you soon. Take care.